How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All right, this will be a fun one. Uh, Actually, a lot to talk about with Kansas football, which isn't normally the case. Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World, KUSports.com, is going to join us. Uh, We're going to talk all about this Kansas football team, where they're at now 2-0 for the first time since 2011. We're also going to talk about what I'm going to start with, which is the situation that Lance Leipold and Kansas football finds themselves in, which you wouldn't have predicted a few months ago. The Jayhawks are coming, and not just in football. The KU Office of Admissions is traveling through Kansas to recruit the next generation of Jayhawks, with the Rock Chalk Roadshow. Explore your aspirations with academic departments and staff and learn how the KU experience can change your life at the Rock Chalk Roadshow. Join KU admissions, academic departments, and current KU students in the following locations. All right, let's pull up the event calendar. First date, Manhattan on September 18th. That's a tough sell. But you know what? That just goes to show, willing to turn over every stone. Then after that, they'll be in Salina. Shout out the Cozy Inn on September 19th, then Hutchison on September 20th, Garden City, shout out to the Buffaloes, that's all I know about Garden City, went there once for a high school football game, uh, it was a long road, a long drive, not a lot of rest stops, so make sure you, you know, stop, get some drinks, relieve yourself when you need to, that's on September 21st, they'll be in Garden City, and then wrapping things up in Hayes, Kansas, on Thursday, September 22nd. As you probably know, I went to Kansas, and listen, I grew up 30 minutes down the road. It was sort of a foregone conclusion my entire life that if I got the grades, which wasn't a foregone conclusion, to go to college, I was going to Kansas. But I know a lot of kids from around the state maybe don't have that same sort of locked-in game plan for what they're going to do outside of high school. If that's you, if that's somebody you know, if that's your son, your daughter, a friend's son or daughter... This could be the opportunity to sort of figure out if Kansas is the right place for you. And I think if you do explore, you're going to find out it probably is the right place for you. Go to go to, that's the number two, go to.ku.edu slash portal slash roadshow or contact the KU Office of Admissions to register. Again, that website is go, the number two.ku.edu slash portal slash roadshow. It's been a strange five days for Kansas football. You're 2-0. You got good vibes around the program that you really haven't had for 12 years, right? You're 2-0, and it doesn't feel like much, but it feels like something. And Kansas hasn't really had anything going for it over the past decade plus. You go and you beat West Virginia in Morgantown. You're 2-0 for the first time since 2011. All is well. 
And then Nebraska fires Scott Frost. And when this happened, I didn't really think anything of it. I mean, it was funny, right? Like, it was kind of stunning, the timing of it, knowing the buyout situation. You could have saved $7.5 million if you waited a few more weeks. But uh, some of the stuff that's coming out of Lincoln, I don't know. We'll, it, we'll, we'll get facts eventually, right? Maybe there'll be a book written. But some of the stuff that's coming out, it, it sounds like it was just an absolute mess. And if you're a Kansas football fan, you know what that's like. To, to have a coach that maybe is in over his head or isn't doing the right things in terms of discipline, in terms of you know program building. And it sounds like, by all accounts, everything was amiss for Scott Frost and Lincoln. So now you have to go and get a coach. And what do we see all the time in college football? When you have the, you know, the young up-and-comer and it doesn't work out because there's no structure or because he's not the disciplinarian that you need, the authoritative figure, you go and you get that guy. You get the player's coach, you get the authoritative guy. You go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Well, they now need that authoritative, disciplined, put-your-nose-to-the-grindstone type coach. And when Bruce Feldman, who is one of the most plugged-in college football reporters in the game, puts out his list of potential candidates for The Athletic earlier this week, You click on the article, uh, the first face you see is Lance Leipold running out of the tunnel with Kansas. And I was a little shocked, to be honest with you, because you look at Leipold's resume, and I know Kansas fans are excited, and you should be, for the direction of this program. Success at Kansas is relative to success at Nebraska, who, in the 90s, I know it was a long time ago, but their peak was about as high as anybody's peak over the last 50 years of college football. I look at Leipold at Kansas... He's got 14 games under his belt. He has four wins, and two of them are against Tennessee Tech and South Dakota. So as of the recording of this podcast, I can't imagine that Nebraska has seen enough to want to offer their football head coaching vacancy to Leipold. And they don't have to because they're not going to make a higher end season. They get to use the rest of this season to vet candidates, to check out who they like, who they're going to explore, and sort of watch them, follow them throughout the season. And I would imagine Leipold is going to be one of those guys. I don't know what the threshold is, but let me just make one thing perfectly clear. To just sort of remove any doubt or any questions you may have about how the next couple of months are going to play out for Kansas. If the University of Nebraska offers Lance Leipold their head coaching position, he is going to take it. Not he might, not he'd have to think about it. If Nebraska offers Lance Leipold a job, he is taking it. And and, and set set aside the connections that he has, because there are those. And he was an assistant coach there in the early 2000s. I believe his wife is from the area. It's a better job. Most places in Power 5 are a better job than Kansas. It's a friendly reminder of where you exist in the college football food chain. There is no school that is impervious to having their coaches poached. Unless you're Alabama, you always have to be fearful that your coach is going to get a better offer from somewhere else. Hell, Brian Kelly just left Notre Dame for LSU. Notre Dame, one of the most historic college football programs in the history of the sport, lost their coach to a different school. If Notre Dame can lose a coach, Kansas certainly can as well. Now, ultimately, I don't think Leipold is going to be offered. I think several guys would have to say no first. 
And ultimately, I don't think the timing works out. Because going back to that threshold, like what do you need to accomplish at Kansas before Nebraska is interested? Four wins isn't going to cut it. Like four wins total. If you finish this year at four and eight, is that enough for Nebraska to pull the trigger on you? I think it would be a good hire. I think, if because if, if Leipold is as good as we all think he is, then he would do a good job at Nebraska. But I don't know if you can take that risk with such a small, limited sample size. I do think what he's done is really impressive. And if you've paid attention to Kansas over the last decade, which chances are you have, you know how hard it is to win here. So the fact that he's even gotten this program in 14 games to a level of respectability that none of his four previous predecessors could accomplish tells you he might be onto something. But I just don't think the timing would work out. Maybe if Nebraska was making this hire a year from now, then it would work out. But if that is the case, then again, it tells you what you probably already know, but you're afraid of happening, which is that if you ever get a good coach, if you ever get, a, uh, get the hire right, which you haven't gotten any of them right lately, chances are he's not going to be around for the long haul. That is Kansas. It's also college football, but it's also a really good thing. Do you want to go, what's the alternative? Winning two or three games every year? Having to make a new coaching hire every three or four seasons? We know what that's like. And it sucks. It's the worst. It's embarrassing. You're never going to be a destination job for these guys. Be a stepping stone. Welcome it. You want other schools to be attracted to your coach. It's like having an attractive girlfriend. Yeah, you go to the bar and you see other guys glancing at her and maybe somebody tries to hit on her, and that's frustrating. You don't want other guys hitting on your girlfriend. But then at the end of the night, guess what? You're going home with her. And then you realize, you know what? It's not bad being with an attractive partner. You're protective over them. You're protective over your coach. But if other people are interested, it means you're doing something right. So ultimately, Leipold, I don't think, is going to be here for 10, 15 years. And that's okay. In fact, it's a good thing. This is just how college football works. He will leave eventually for a better job, if he's as good as we all think he is. And when that happens, the pool of candidates that Travis Goff is going to have to choose from is going to be more qualified and more attractive than the previous one. That is a good thing for this program. It's how college football works, and it's a sign that Lance Leipold is doing something right. All right, Matt, so I want to actually start with the Lance Leipold stuff. It's kind of weird because when I, was, when I was going through the week, though, I was like, man, it's, fine. it's week three. The football season isn't over for Kansas. This is new. And then all of a sudden, the Scott Frost news happens. And when that happens, I didn't even put two and two together in my head. Like, at no point was I expecting the dominoes right. to fall to the point where Lance Leipold's name was immediately going to be mentioned. I think it was Bruce Feldman who first broke the news. Lance Leipold had a press conference a few days ago. You were there. You asked him about his interest. He gave a very brief answer, said he was focused on, on Kansas and the Houston game. And then he finished by saying that he appreciated you asking him. So my first question for you, Matt, is do you think Lance Leipold was being sincere when he said that he appreciated you asking him about his interest in Nebraska. 
I do. I know that sounds crazy, but I do. Here's why. The man is nothing if not sincere. He is a genuine dude, and um, I, I think, you know, he knows it's a tough question. It's tough to answer, tough to ask a little bit. Not that tough, really, but uh, had to be asked. Um, but, but you know, I think that was his way of, of giving a little hat tip to say, like, you know, I get it. I know you, you got a job, and that's cool, and I got a job, and that's cool, and, you know, whatever. So, that's one reason I think he was sincere. The other reason I think he was sincere is because it does not hurt him to have this be a topic. Uh, either it ends with him at Nebraska or it ends with him having more leverage at Kansas. And so the more it's a real thing, the better for him. I, I understand it could be a distraction, and I realize why KU fans hate it, but – uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think it is a distraction, and I don't think uh, anybody should hate it. I don't think he's going to be the next coach at Nebraska, but I do think he's a viable candidate. I do think they will give him a look. Uh, I just don't think he'll be their first or second choice. And and so if that's the case, KU's got nothing to worry about. But the guy's a good football coach, and regardless of the Kansas or Nebraska thing or whatever, they could do a hell of a lot worse than him so it's a real it's a real thing to be aware of and 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 you know know it's out there if you're a KU fan but I I don't think it's time to panic by any means yeah so that was going to be my my next question is do you think that there's legitimate reason to worry that he could be gone at the end of this season yeah you know like if if offered I, I do if if they were to offer him the job I would say it would be time to worry if you're Kansas. But I come back to that. There's probably going to be a, a, a guy or two or three that... that yeah, how far down off. the list do you think I they'd have to get? How many guys would have to say no? I think he'd be a top five guy. I really do. I, I've argued this with some of my buddies and stuff, and, and a lot of them think it's crazy to even put him in the top ten. Um, I get that. But for me, it all comes down to one thing. Really, I guess two things. It's 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 all about Nebraska, right? Obviously, they're making the hire. But, but beyond that, it's about is Nebraska willing to admit that this thing is in shambles and that they are bottom of the barrel type of football right now. And that they need someone to come in and build it up. If they can admit that there are other program builders out there, they could go after, but very few are as good as Lance Leipold at that. So that sort of level of, of kind of reality, I think brings him much higher up the list. If all they're trying to do is stick to their, we're the 1990s black shirts and we're Nebraska Cornhuskers football and remember Tommy Frazier and all this. Well, yeah, go hire Urban Meyer and good luck, you know, but it, it comes down to what, what they're willing to admit to themselves. And, and that's not an easy uh, question to answer. And, and I don't know what the answer will be. I, I think if I were them and I'm not, and, and I don't have any skin in the game, but if I were them, I would look at this thing and go, man, we suck. And we've been a joke for a while now. Let's go get a guy who can fix that instead of let's go get a big name or, or whatever. You yeah, know? But, so, so to play devil's advocate there, right? Because you're right, though. They should say that. They should be realistic when looking at their program. But just look at what's happened at Kansas over the last 12 years is athletic departments and fan bases and donor bases never, ever, ever admit it. Maybe they'll admit it on Reddit or Twitter or message boards, but the people, the powers that be always think 
that they're one big hire away from getting back to where they think they need to be. Like, yeah. I.E. Les Miles. I.E. Charlie Weiss. Like Kansas had no business thinking that they were one hire away from all of a sudden getting back on the right track. But that's just how college athletic departments seem to operate, especially one who I know it seems like a long ways away, or going back to the 90s like you were just talking about, but that was a really, really dominant run of football, and I'd imagine they still feel like that is like in, in the scope of what they can accomplish as a football program. Yeah, it's probably not, right? The of course game's not. different. Of course not. Different. It, but go find right. me a program that fell from that elite status and ever got back. That's right. Yeah, you're right. And, and, and it makes sense, too. If you go up there, the stadium looks the same. The town is the same, right? Like there's, it's, it's still Nebraska football is their professional sports team. And, and Memorial stadium is, is a monster cathedral, right? Like, so everything around them says we're still here, but everything, but the product on the field. So I I agree. It's, 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 it's understandable why they would think that, but it is tough. And it's funny you mentioned less because to me, man, like going and hiring Urban Meyer is Nebraska's version of hiring Kansas hiring Les Miles. Like, th- there's some differences between the two dudes, but I'm not so sure that that wouldn't end up in just as big a disaster as Les at KU did. And and so, you know, uh, I get you. You get some cachet up front. Kansas did right. There was some legitimacy that came with with KU hiring Les, and uh, all of a sudden people were like, "Oh, this is going to be different." I was one of them. I mean, like, I thought that might be a, a real legitimate big-time move that, that gets them back. And you could argue for days whether it did or not, but there is something to be said about as bad as he was and out of touch as he was and as bad as the record was. There was an element of that Les Miles experiment that did bring something back to this football program. They, they added staff members. They, they, they contributed more money to the program. They, they, they threw more resources to it. And none of that led to winning football games directly, but all of it made this a better job when Lance Leipold took it. So, you know, I'm not going to defend that hire or that era or say that less was good for Kansas football. Uh, it was a joke, but there were small things behind the scenes that I think helped get the program back in a upward trajectory. And they had nothing to do with Les Miles himself. It was just him, his name and, and sort of that, that commitment that you get and the uh, attention that you get by bringing in that kind of guy. So it would not at all surprise me if Nebraska is trying to lock into that, you know, and, and we've mentioned urban Meyer. I'm sure there's other guys, you know, but, but it's a, it's an interesting job. I think anybody, almost anybody, you know, if you go knock on, on Nick Saban's door, or Dabo Sweeney's door, they're not interested. But almost anybody else, it's a, it's still probably a good job. They're going to pay you like crazy. They're going to give you everything you want. You're in the Big Ten. Uh, the resources are unlimited. They're going to throw everything at this thing because they're desperate to get it back to what it was. And it may work, it may not, but – it won't be, I don't think, for lack of trying. So you're going to have a hell of a lot of support behind you, and you're going to have a nice paycheck. Be hard to see anybody turning it down, really. Doesn't it kind of serve as a friendly reminder for where Kansas exists on the college football food chain? Like, I don't sure. think, I don't think Les Miles or Lance Leipold's taking this job because I don't think they're going to offer it to him. I just think, right, he's won four games at Kansas. 
if I think that, I just don't think the timeline is going to work out. I think Nebraska will just ultimately want to see more than four wins, two of which came against FCS opponents. But nonetheless, the fact that they're even interested after what fourteen games at Kansas kind of tells you that hey, this is how college football works, and if you ever get a good coach at Kansas, there's a more likely chance than not that somebody's going to come and poach him from you eventually. Yeah, for sure, and and that's that's the other part of this equation. I think that's 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 interesting. I. Kansas knows they made a good hire. Travis Goff knows he made a good hire. He should be proud of it. He should celebrate it. He should pat himself on the back. It was a damn good hire. They're not just going to let him walk away, you know? Like, like you can't you can't compete if Nebraska says, Lance is our guy, and we're going to pay him $10 million a year. Well, you can't compete with that. But – they're not going to do that. And, and at this point, right, it'll be, it, 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 we're both in agreement here that it would probably be Lance as a, a third or fourth choice yeah. after a couple of guys turned it down and, and that stuff gets out. And that's it, at least within the industry, pretty common knowledge when that happens. So I think Kansas at that point takes their best shot and says, look, Lance, we'll double your pay. We want you here. Here's what else we'll do. You know, all this stadium talk, here's what we're going to do. And we're going to let you design it. And we're going to let you be the guy that decides what we do with it. And this is going to be your program. And we can promise this and we can promise that. And, you know, maybe they throw together something that, that makes it harder for him to walk away. And, and I don't know where he would, would stand with that. I mean, I know obviously everybody knows his wife's from Omaha and there's some connections up there and, and a little bit of ties to that place. But he likes it here too. Let's, let's not overlook that. And, and, you know, you've got this thing moving in the right direction. Um, I think it'd be hard to walk away from that, but if this guy's proven anything, man, he's not afraid of something hard because if he were afraid of something hard, he would have never taken the Kansas job. He got Buffalo going. He was, he was rolling. They had almost their whole team coming back. He could have sat there and just enjoyed that. But he said, no, let me go rebuild again and get real dirty. And here it is. Yeah. And he's already got it going in a, in a good direction. But but you're right. A good direction is different than than an eight and four season. Eight and four, KU fans should be really worried. Um, but four and eight even? How are you going to sell Nebraska fans on hiring the Kansas coach who's six and 16 or six and 18? Yeah. Right? Well, you, you know, the irony is that when Kansas was doing this coaching search and they were kind of going through the different candidates, and this happens every time they're doing a coaching search. And I mean, we're pretty well versed on this, right? We went through, we've covered a lot of these over the last know. 12 years or so. <laughs> But when they were doing this, a lot of people were citing Lance Leipold's age, that he was a little bit older. They were, he was 56 when Kansas hired him, as a plus because it would be more likely that he wouldn't take the next job, which is just the dumbest. By the way, just as a side, that's the dumbest idea ever when people think that like age is ever going to be a deterrent for a football program. Like, I don't think these programs have these illusions of keeping guys for 15 years. No, not anymore. Not no. anymore. They want a guy, like, can you come in here for five or six years do a really good job, and if you end up going and taking the next great job, fantastic, because now our next pool of candidates is going to be more qualified than the last one, which is why I, I, I do. Lance is going to leave eventually. If, you're, if he's as good as everybody thinks he is, he's going to take a better job eventually, and that's okay because it means your program's in a better place than it was when he inherited it. Sure thing. Yeah, and on top of that, Travis Goff, man, has shown he can make good hires. So... 
that that hire will be even easier. Um, I, I'm not even just talking about Lance. Everything I hear about Dan Fitzgerald, their new baseball coach, is you know I, I get baseball's not college football, but it sounds like he made a really good hire there. And uh, and and that again, those aren't the only two. So at 42 years old, a first time AD, this guy is proving that he can go out and make hires. He's got a process. Uh, he sticks to it. He works it, and he can find good coaches. So. If Lance does leave, whether it's now or in three or four years, like you just kind of mentioned, that all the better because you know it, 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 you certainly don't want him to leave, but it means he so put this thing back on the right track, and now you have a, a much better program to sell to the next guy. And you know, I mean, the, the, the only thing that Kansas needs to be worried about when it comes to hiring coaches is who the hell has to hire Bill Self's replacement, whenever that is, because that will be. The hardest job maybe ever done. Like, look at Duke. That wasn't even hard. It was Coach K decided, and now John Shire's the coach. Like, the AD was off the hook on that, right? Like, mm-hmm. so um, I don't know. We're getting way off topic. No, there. but I but I think it's a good point because it's 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 like at, w- at what level do you want Kansas to succeed? We they have been in the cellar of college football and a laughing stock, an embarrassment for 12 years. Yep. So if having the best season in 12 years means you lose your coach, that's a trade-off you have to make in college football. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I, I heard somebody debating this the other day and it might've been one of my buddies. I can't remember, but, but you know, Oh my gosh, if we go nine and three, and we lose Lance. I'd rather go three and nine. I'm like, you're crazy. That is, that is insanity. You're crazy. Nine and three. What's the point of all this? Hey, what's the point of all this? If three and nine is the ceiling, then, 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 then what are we even doing here? Right. No, if you can go nine and three, I don't care who your head coach is. You take it to the bank and you feel great about a nine yeah. and three season that would absolutely take this town over. Right. I yeah. mean, 2-0 has taken this town over a little bit. By the way, just a, a side note here that I thought was interesting. Uh, Urban Meyer is the same age as Lance Leipold. They're both 58 years old. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. I, I just keep, hear, I keep hearing people is talk bar, about... Is it all the bar going that makes him seem younger? I, he's, just a, he's just a tomcat out there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and Leipold has this sort of like good old boy, Midwestern sort of vibe that maybe just has like an... like He's an old soul. As, as every girl I went to college with would say. But, you know, I think age is something that is so overrated when we talk about hiring cycles. I don't think these coach, I don't think these athletic directors care how old you are. No way. No way, man. My, my, my freaking dad just turned 68, and my dad plays in a band, and he plays four or five nights a week still at age 68. You're going to tell me Lance Leipold can't coach football for 10 more years? Yeah. He could. He could. Oh, Pete Carroll. He Pete Carroll's like for 20 more years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Pete Carroll's what 70 something. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I agree that that's an overrated thing. And, and I, I also understand why, why it becomes a sticking point in the debate and for fans and for people who break this stuff down, because you, you've got to have something that separates the list. Right. And, yeah. and that usually is one. So, um, you know, bottom line, I, th- I think he's a worthy candidate to be in the top five or six of guys they seriously consider. 
And like you, I, I don't think it'll get to the point where they decide he's their guy. And so maybe he, you know, um, maybe KU gets a little boost out of this, man. I mean, like, it's not every day Nebraska wants to hire the Kansas coach. And so it feels kind of nice, right? Yeah. Whether that helps in recruiting or just it, hell that might help with donors, right? That might help with dollars for this stadium project. I mean, whatever benefit you can pull out of this, take it and run with it. And if Lance is your coach at the end of it, great. Keep the train rolling. And if he's not, Trust Travis and, and and the rest of that department to go hire another good football coach, and you see what happens from there. So, um, it, it's it's amazing though. It's, it's, it's one of the, it's a good problem to have, you know. When sure. other schools are interested in your coach, that means you're finally, for once, doing something right. Yeah. Oh my Unique gosh. Feeling. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No question about it. All right. So I want to actually talk about this football team because that's kind of the whole impetus as to why Lance Leipold's name is even circulating right now. They are 2-0 for the first time since 2011. So just kind of 30,000-foot view, what has stood out to you about Kansas uh, the most through these first two games? I think, to be honest with you, it's confidence, man. I, I mean, look, Tennessee Tech's a terrible football team. <laughs> They're terrible. And, and KU beat them the way you should beat a terrible football team. 56-10, to 10, not close, trampled them. And that right there gave them confidence. And then, you know, they went up to West Virginia and West Virginia was picked eighth or ninth by most people in the big 12. So as much as a road to conference or a week two road conference game, doesn't seem like an ideal scheduling move. It was actually pretty good because it's a winnable game and it's early and you went up and found a way to get it done. More confidence. Then you look at the quarterback. Ask Jalen Daniels, who the best quarterback in the Big 12 is, he'd probably humbly say himself. Ask him who one of the best quarterbacks, who the top five quarterbacks in the country are. With some humility, he'd probably say himself. And I don't say that to say the guy's crazy or he has these uh, skewed notions of his own talent or reality or whatever. I say that because I think that's exactly what this program and team needed and not only does he feel that way, but he's actually going out on the field and taking that with him to the field and then backing it up by the way he plays. Watch him. And, and you have. If you watch this kid perform, uh, you know, play, practice, arrive to a stadium, he is so convinced that he is freaking Hollywood, man. He, he is a big-time dude. And Look, I don't know if it's fake it till you make it or what it is, but but there's something to be said for that swagger and believing like, hey, I'm good. Don't worry about it. We got this because we got me. I don't think that, you that, can. I don't think you can fake it at that position. Like it's one of the true. it was one of those positions. It's maybe the only position in sports where it's like you either have it or you don't. Yeah, great point. Great. And point. if you fake totally it, agree. if you fake it, it's always obvious. And those yeah, guys, exposed. those exposed. guys, yeah, and those guys never like earn that sort of cachet with their teammates, with fans, with coaches. And by all accounts, he's checked all those boxes. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, I, I saw that week one against Tennessee tech. Uh, I wrote that then that this dude, you know, showed that his confidence is worthy and, and he takes it to the field with him. And, and then that makes his receivers more confident and that makes his line more confident and that makes his coaching staff more confident and, and they make him more confident. And it's just a really nice, um, I hate the word synergy, but it kind of feels like that's happening. I mean, there's, there's just this real connection and you could call it buy-in, you could call it confidence, you could call it whatever you want, but there's a real connection 
that 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 exists throughout this roster that these guys believe they belong and they also believe that they're good enough to get this done. I, I was looking up Jalen's stats as a starter um, at Kansas. And, you know, he started those six games. I think it was six as a, as a true freshman. And the first one, he was still 17 years old, you know, and it's crazy uh, by the way, it is crazy. And, and, you know, not good numbers, not, not good numbers go figure. Right. But you remember those games. You remember this kid who has no idea what he's doing, thrown to the wolves, getting rocked by guys from Baylor and Oklahoma and getting up and clapping. And, and he showed that kind of moxie, then and what was really interesting to me as I was going over these numbers and trying to look back at, at what he did as a starter, a lot of the names that I kept seeing are names that are doing it right now too. Luke Grimm, uh, Mason Fairchild. You know that a lot of these guys, and it, it really brought it home to me that holy cow, these guys have actually been together for a while. It's not just. Well, now they're the guys, you know, they weren't the guys then because it was like a JV team trying to play varsity and hope you win. It didn't work, but, but they've taken their lumps and they've grown and they've grown together. And, and now all of a sudden they do believe that they belong. And, and I think that goes a long, long way. And I think that's why they're two and oh. Yeah. It's crazy what a, a good coach slash play caller and quarterback combo can do for a program. Because I, I look back at some of the other quarterbacks, and it's been bad, but I don't think the talent has been as bad as the records would indicate. I agree with that. Totally. Like, Carter Stanley was not the worst quarterback in the Big 12 for four years. I think you probably say the same thing about, I mean, Ryan Willis, the whole the whole debacle of the Ryan Willis, Montel Kosar, Carter Stanley, they all proved at one point in their career to be competent college quarterbacks, yeah. which kind of yeah. tells you, like, you can't just have one. You can't just have the quarterback. You can't just have the coach. You got to have both. And it feels like Kansas finally has that. Super. Uh, I hate to say super and sound like a cheese ball, but that is a <laughs> super point, man. Like you, you, you are dead right. Like that's exactly right. Because I mean, hell, even Peyton Bender, right? Like pretty good quarterback, really. He just wasn't on a good team and didn't have much help. And, and, uh, but yeah, you, you said it, all three of those guys, um, really very truly, um, had talent and could play and, and it just wasn't in the cards for them to do much here. So um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, I wrote this, uh, I think it might've been week one um, after that Tennessee tech win and, and something to the effect. Cause anytime you're hyping up a guy like Jalen, you know, you have to, you have to bring it back down, you know? And, and I, I, I pointed out obviously how bad I thought the opponent was. And I pointed out that, this guy's not Todd Reeson, you know, far from it. And, and I got blasted by one or two people, email, maybe Twitter. I don't know. A couple of, how do you know? Well, I'm like, come on. Like Jalen might very well be playing himself into the best quarterback at Kansas since Todd Reeson. And it, he may be separating himself by a long shot, but I know he's not Todd Reeson. I'm okay with that. I, I, I will say that in every article. If you want me to, I'm comfortable with that. So I, I think in some ways too, it's, you know, maybe this is some, some media fault and, and, and some fan base fault and sort of a, a shared responsibility there. But uh, people got so hung up on looking for the next Todd Reesing, Right. And that's just dumb. It's not worth doing because that guy was a freak of an anomaly. This, this just, 
descended from the heavens onto the Kansas football field and, and lit up the record books for three, four years, and then was out of here. I mean, like that was catching lightning in a bottle and, and you're not going to do it again. So stop trying to find it. And after so long, I think people finally have, you know, and then now you see a good kid playing quarterback and you're like, well, I don't know if you should say he's not him. I'm good with that. He, he could be really great and still not be him. Well, it's funny. Like, anytime you're taking the stance of you're talking about the best quarterback in program history and you're taking the stance of this guy who's played two games this yeah. year is not as good as him, history will probably be on your side. It's like we do this all the time, every sport. Like we do it in the NBA. Absolutely. Somebody will somebody will drop like 38 points in the conference semifinals. We'll be like, hey, is he... Is he a top five player in the NBA? Right, 100%. Like, All the time. No, Chris Middleton's not a top five player in the NBA. Can we move on? You know, we not do. Really it's cool. like, nah. it's like, but that, but that's fine. Like, the fact that we can even have the conversation and that people feel that way, again, it just kind of speaks to how far they've come. So I'm like, I know there were good vibes at the end of last year around the program. People were high on them to end the season. Three close games. One of them was a win in, in Austin. Just given how the last 12 years have went... Has it like has it shocked you at all? Like just the results you've seen the last two weeks and seeing how they've sort of turned the corner seemingly as a program? I, I wouldn't say so. And and I think that's that's credit to the coaches for that because you know, these guys th- these guys have been together so long, right? And and they've worked this process before. This is not new to them. They they understand what kind of work you have to put in. They understand how it's going to go. They understand it's going to take time. And, and they understand that the only thing you can do is just keep staying after it and staying after it. And they've convinced this team of that head down, play hard. Don't worry about the score. Don't worry about the record. We'll get it. We'll get there. Just keep, keep with me. And they, they do that. And this team is the embodiment of that. And, and so I think that, you know, two reasons that I don't say, yes, I'm surprised. Number one, because I, I believe this coaching staff's approach is rock solid and works and would work almost anywhere. Um, number two, I, I don't say I'm surprised because they're two and oh, if we were talking about a six and one Kansas team, I might be surprised. And if they go three and oh, four and oh, I might be surprised a little bit, but two and oh against the trash FCS team and, and, you know, a a bottom third big 12 team, great win, both of them, but nothing yet. You know, I mean, let's, let's remember that, right. It's a great start and you want to start like this and they've done as well as they could have, but um, they could still finish two and 10. I don't think they will, but they could. And that wouldn't shock anybody at this point. So, um, I mean, in, in the big picture of it, I think it would probably shock some people that are expecting much more right now. Um, I saw a bowl projection that today that had a minute. Yeah, I think it was like the Cure Bowl. It was. It was. Whatever that two is. Tulane. <laughs> I don't know where it's at, but. <clears throat> I don't either, but I'll, I'll be there. That'd be fun. I think, I think a lot of people from Lawrence would be there. I do too, man. And, and that's what's so funny because at a time when college football is like, distancing itself from bowl games mattering, right? Like players are opting out of even playing in bowls and, and the bowl attendance is just atrocious. You want to see a little life for your bowl game? Petition the NCAA to put four win Kansas in your bowl and people (laughs) will be there. Yeah. 
because it's it's something they haven't tasted enough of or a lot of here and people are dying to get it again and and uh you know it would be a cool story for sure but uh, you know i was deciding between two three wins for this team when i made my prediction before the season began i still will sit sit on that i think four or five even five is attainable now but but certainly four looks like a pretty good number right now but man to think that they could have three or four in the next couple of weeks is is you know, pretty impressive, but this week's huge. This week is huge. And I think what winning at West Virginia did, which is, which is really cool. And this kind of goes back to that confidence thing for this team. Winning at West Virginia almost made this Houston game irrelevant. It's a big game. It it would be huge if they could win it. It would obviously bring in an incredible amount of buzz back to Lawrence three and O Kansas coming home to play Duke. I mean, that would be off the charts, but even if you lose, you're still coming home to play Duke with a chance to go three and one. And by Kansas standards, three and one is no joke. I mean, so so by winning that second game, you you gave yourself best case scenario, we're gonna play Duke for a chance to be four and oh. Worst case scenario, we're gonna play Duke for a chance to be three and one. Either way, that is one hell of a start in year two of a new head coach. I don't know what to think, beyond to be completely honest with you, because I think you're right. Like the schedule is set up perfectly for them to where you get to take these gradual steps up in level of competition. And I don't like, I, I, I've, I thought Kansas would hang around last week, but it's still like this. I don't know if it's letting the history of the program kind of stick in the back of my brain. Sure. I'm just wondering, like I'm still waiting for them to walk out and get trounced by 35. Yeah. And maybe that's not fair and I don't know how long it's going to take to get that sort of thought out of my head, but I'm still kind of, you're waiting for the wheels to fall off. And maybe maybe the burden is on them to just prove that this is going to be different this time around. Because we have been well, snake sure. bitten in the past, you know? Yeah, I mean, look at West Virginia comes down, takes it to overtime. When, when KU had a fourth and one that could have ended the game, Craig Young had an interception that he dropped that he maybe could have ended the game with. I mean, like... And next thing you know, West Virginia scores and gets the two-point conversion, and now you're tied. In a game you had no business losing at that point. You dominated. Their defense could not even think about stopping your offense. And the the, the ball that's batted at the line of scrimmage and then goes to the guy for a yeah. you know 20-yard gain or whatever it was. Like Even Lance talked about that in his presser, saying, like, man, you just think, is this not meant to be? But – you know, they, they, they responded. Right. And, and so I think, I think you're, you're not crazy to think all those thoughts that you just talked about. I think you have to see them respond and, and, and stand up in those moments and deliver a little more than once or twice before you totally just scrap it and can expect, well, these guys have it now. They know how to do it, you know, because it's, it's 10, 12 years of not knowing how, but this team is benefiting so much from the transfer portal um, and, and obviously the new life from this coaching staff because those guys showed up winners and they believed in their process and they believed that, that they can coach this, this team out of the hole it was in. Those portal guys showed up winners too and believed that all I need is a chance to play and I get it here and I'm going to deliver. So um, you can say what you want about the portal, but it's been a huge part of this 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 arrow pointing up thing. And again, man, the confidence factor is so high. It's, it's such an important part of this. And 
there's not a single thing about this team right now that makes me think their confidence is is fragile. Uh, I think even if they go lose to Houston, I think they'll come back and say, okay, let's get back at it and, you know, come home and pound Duke and then you're back on track. So, uh, you know, we're getting ahead of ourselves and that's two weeks down the road, but, but it, it's a credit to these guys for, for having guys like you and me and, and a bunch of the fans and all that kind of perceive it that way now. Uh, I think that's, that's a, that says a lot about where they're at. Good stuff, man. It's good to catch up with you. Thanks for hopping you on too, with me. Bro. Yeah, it was fun. All right, good stuff from Matt, man. And uh, it's good. It's fun to be talking about football. It's fun for it to be mid-September and not having to go online and check when late night is. Right? It's about that time. How's the basketball team looking? You know, what do you think of these freshmen? You think this guy who played six minutes game last year, I think could have a breakout season. We're not doing that. We will. Trust me, we will eventually get there. But for now, it's fun to have a relevant college football team. I haven't experienced this in quite some time. So allow yourself to enjoy this and not get wrapped up in uh, what might go wrong with your head coach or this game against Houston. By the way, let it ride. Kansas plus nine all the way. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, review. I appreciate you so much for listening. Until next time, waving the wheat. Powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.